Welcome to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast, where we teach you, the health and fitness professional, how to holistically transform your client's body, health, and life. I'm your host, Ken Sylvan. And my goal of each episode is to not only bring my 25 years plus of experience in the holistic health and body transformation industry, but also those of my guests as well. Why? Well, to empower you and to expand your awareness of holistic transformations, as well teach you how to get deeper and better results with your clients. Sound good? Cool. Let's get into the next episode. Well, welcome to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Sylvan. I have a very, very exciting guest to be on here, Dr. Calvin Ng. We met online and I'm really excited to have you on today, brother. So what's going on? How you doing? I know it's early over there. It is early. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. And uh, it's such a pleasure to just have an opportunity to just speak freely about stuff. And and thanks for having me on. No worries. And what's eight, it's eight o'clock where you are, right? Eight o'clock yes, sir. Right. yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> sir. Right. You got a busy day ahead. So we're, we're going to dive in and, and get into this. Today, we're talking about pretty much fungus, you know, like, and some of the issues with it, why, why we see it so much, um, ways to work on it and everything else. But before we get into that, I want some of the listeners to know a little bit more about you. So yeah, tell us a little bit about you, your background, um, and then we're going to dive into your amazing statement of intentionally disruptive before we get into fungus talk. So talk about the background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, thank you so much, Ken, for having me on. So really, like I got into the space of holistic healthcare, uh, functional medicine, and chiropractic medicine, and really all things nat- healing the body naturally. Uh, because I was raised in a way where, uh, for my mom, she really valued like healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, right? And it's more so covering the basics for her, uh, but she really emphasized it. So through that, I got to, you know, I, I got to see why she valued it um, because my dad went through his health journey of having liver cirrhosis. And his first diagnosis was liver cirrhosis. For anybody out there who's uh, wondering what that is, that's basically end-stage liver disease. So how does like one person go from zero to 100 just like that overnight? Um, And it really seemed like it was overnight because he was sick, he had the flu, and he was very stubborn. He didn't want to go to the doctors. And then we dragged him there. And he was like, ah, just go, just go, just go see what's up. And uh, the doctor was like, okay, well, why don't you um, get a blood test? So we ran a blood test and it came back that his like iron levels are high. I I didn't know what I was looking at. My assumption is that his iron levels were high. I think that was, that was the case. And he was like, well, you got to go see a hepatologist. We're like, what? He has the flu. What are you talking about? He was like, go see a hepatologist. We went to go see a hepatologist, the liver doctor, and they were like, okay, you got to go to UCSF. I lived in San Francisco. My family's from San Francisco. So mm-hmm. top, top uh, hospital there is UCSF. You got to go to UCSF liver transplant. What are you talking about? You know, like we, he has the flu, like wh- what's going on? And they're like, well, what looks, he has liver um, failure is what it looks like. And all these markers are off, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. So we go to liver transplant team and at UCSF and they're like, yep, he needs, he's going to need a liver transplant. He's going to be, he's going to need to be on these medications. We're going to have to run these tests. You weren't a chiropractor yet. You weren't in in functional. No, no, no. This was like, 
No, this was like, I was probably, I think back in high school or maybe even before I, I yeah, I, I was young and uh, yeah. So I, I didn't understand what was going on at all. No medical background, nothing, mm -hmm. you know, my, um, my two cousins were going through medical school at that time, or one was maybe already a doctor. And uh, during that time, it was like, you know, we navigated through those waters pretty blindly. Um, and so it was, it was all of a shock, you know, it happened all of a sudden. So we, I questioned like what went wrong at that time, right? Like what, what happened? How did, how did the body get there? But more importantly, I was like, I asked the doctors, well, what are we going to do to heal the body? What are we going to do to heal the liver? Like the liver is where I looked online <laughs> that the liver cells are, you know, can regenerate, you know, like what, what can we do? And they were like, well, there's nothing you can do. What you're going to do is you're going to wait until he gets sick enough because there's something called a meld score that they, they pull labs together to calculate. And the higher the score, the worse, um, the, uh, the worse in condition that person is. And they do that for like, uh, organ transplants. So his meld score, I remember was like at a 15 at that time. And it wasn't high enough because you're competing with three major hospitals in that area for, you know, organ transplants. So he was like, well, either you do a living donor, which is basically like one of us giving, giving him like half the liver, uh, or you, you wait until he gets sick enough and he's at the top of the list. And I go, what kind of medicine is this? They tend to do it a lot with like, Hey, let's wait a little bit. Let's like, you know, I remember having some kidney challenges before with function and it did the same thing. It's just, yeah. so, you know, what's going on? They go, I'll just wait. We'll just keep yeah. back and checking it as it gets worse, then we'll do it to do something. And I was like, I'll do right, exactly. So, so that's the problem with, I think, in mon modern day, like mainstream medicine is that we have to wait until you're sick enough in order for us to treat. Um, and that becomes sick care. So I got to witness sick care and what it looked like. Uh, and so that was the whole narrative. I, I was, I was asking like, Hey, can we, and then I did my own research. I was like, okay, I started diving down to these rabbit holes of like supplements and herbs and natural remedies and things like that. At that time, there wasn't a whole lot of things. Now you can find it left and right. Yeah. <laughs> but at that time, it wasn't popular. And when I talked to the doctor about it, they would just say, there's no research. There's nothing we can do. Like that stuff is bogus. Like there's nothing you can do to uh, regenerate the liver. And I just go, wow, what a weird mindset, you know, what a, what a different, um, it's so doom and gloom, you know, it's so depressing uh, to deal with that system. And I don't know if they were right at that time or wrong, but now looking back, I believe that they were wrong. I believe that there is a way to climb back. I, I believe that there is a way to regenerate and heal. Um, and even if some things yourself, right. I remember when we talked online, you said, yeah, we, I did this and I suggested some supplements. They're like, ah, what's, what's that for? That's, that's garbage, you know? And right. Yeah. We, <laughs> it's funny because for a long time, I mean, like a long time, maybe like, I don't know, like five, six years, um, like that, his melt score stayed at 15 because I was just shotgunning him with so many liver herbs and supplements and things mm -hmm. like that. And, uh, and encouraging him to like, you know, eat healthier by that time. He's, he's really good with like quitting things. Um, 
And most people would be like, oh, maybe he was an alcoholic. And no, it was. It wasn't. He uh, he drank like at most one glass of wine a night or maybe one uh, one can of beer. But he wasn't an alcoholic. He didn't do drugs. He was again, my mom's a health freak. So, you know, we cooked pretty clean. So he ate pretty clean. I think what it was was a lot of unresolved anger. Um, you know, he was a very angry, very frustrated, you know, he ran his own company. Um, he grew up in a village where there, he had literally nothing. So all that pressure, all that stress on him, I think that's what caused his body to really fail. Um, and also, uh, I believe that there's a huge, like infectious component to it, which is what we're going to dive into, like fungus, fungal infections being one of them. Um, I think there was a huge component to that, knowing what I know now. Sure. So and we also know, right? Like it's the, the liver, the, the emotion that goes with the liver is usually anger, right? So absolutely. Yeah. So that's in Chinese medicine. That's what it goes with. Mm -hmm. So that kind of started your, your journey of the why and figuring out, okay, well, what, maybe what could I do different or where did it kind of lead you next? Cause you obviously you ended up in, in Cairo, but you, you speak about more than just chiropractic. Right. So yeah. So when I was in chiropractic school, um, I, um, when I was in chiropractic school, I, I discovered a technique in chiropractic and it's called applied kinesiology, um, AKA muscle testing. And through that, through that system, it began to open me up to holistic health because the premise, the, uh, the philosophy in that, and how you look at the body is from a physical biochemical and emotional point of view. Mm -hmm. Right. And the person who developed that technique basically wanted everything that he could find that would help someone and figure out a way to make it work into his treatment. And, uh, that's how he, that's how he discovered it. You know, he's, he was a chiropractor. He studied, his name was Dr. George Goodhart. And he, um, he studied, uh, chiropractic acupuncture. He went to China to study a little bit of acupuncture. Um, he met with physical therapists. He met with people in his profession. You know, he was a, he was a pioneer. So anyways, I learned that. And, uh, as I was learning that I was trying, I was trying different things out on my dad. I was, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. But I was, it just began to open my mind up and I started doing more and more things. Um, well, you know, again, we kept him good for a while uh, until he had like a crazy infection. He had a gut infection that ultimately became uh, a, a systemic infection and he had sepsis. And by that time he had multiple organ failure and I watched him crash too. During that time I was at the hospital, I got a call and then drove back home and went to the hospital. He was, he, and then he was like, he was conscious um, and, and like talking to me and it seemed like he just had like a really bad case of the flu once again. And then, and then within a few hours, I just watched his system crash and it was, um, man, it was, it was, it was wild, uh, to, to see that, uh, it was, it was scary and, uh, kidney failure. He was put on continuous dialysis. He was put on a ventilator, um, adrenaline pumping into his body so that his heart can still beat. I mean, so many things and his liver was for sure gone at that time. And finally, um, you know, he was sick enough until 
uh, he, we reached that stage, he was sick enough and he was the top of the list. I mean, it took, it, it took that, right? It took him to nearly dying to get him to the top of the list to get a liver transplant. I still remember there was one night where um, at UCSF, they called me and they were like, hey, it's going to be down to, because he was, he was like unconscious and everything. And he uh, was like, hey, he's down to these last 24 hours within in these 24 hours. If um, he doesn't turn around, then we got to really consider like, other options, pulling the plug. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, this was literally, you know, happened in a, in one week. So it was crazy to me, but you know, in, when, when my back was against the wall like that, um, you know, at that time, I, I didn't know if I shared this with you already, but at that time I was, a I was an atheist. I was, I was huge. Like I was, my, my mom was very spiritual, but I was very like against that practice. I was like, you know, we're like, there's nothing that proves this in science. You know, everything needs to go through a scientific uh, process, the scientific method in order for us to prove whether it's real or not. Right. Like to my like own, like just being naive. And um, I remember that night I prayed for the first time. Right. I prayed for the first time and uh, crazy enough, miraculously, the next 24 hours, his body literally started coming back. Like his, his, his function started improving. Um, his bowel movement started moving. He was still unconscious, but his vitals were starting to come back. He didn't need as much adrenaline. It was crazy. And my dad, is, uh, my dad worked for the Ministry of Health for, I don't know, 30 years. But in the hospital on the other side, as he's a deacon, he did last rites for people. So he would be like, not a chaplain, but someone to go in there and he would pray with them and then give the last rites. And he goes, Ken, when someone's body is deteriorating, because he's also a nurse, so yeah. he's a top nursing program. So he knew the science, he knew this side. He goes, everyone starts to pray at the end. Yeah. No matter what nationality, what religion, because you feel it in the room when someone's body's going, going. He yeah. Goes, prays. You'd be so surprised, he said, how many things change. When no matter who we are, we're holding hands and we're praying how many times people change. And you feel in the room first. You feel 100%. Right? So that's beautiful. You said that. Yeah. So it was, you know, I, I got to witness truly a miracle, um, you know, when my dad got given a uh, second chance to live and, you know, he received a liver transplant. Um, his function, he, he started coming back. And, you know, I remember it was one one moment like he couldn't he couldn't he really couldn't go to the bathroom that much. like he couldn't have move bowel movements mm -hmm. and um i was using i learned something in applied kinesiology to stimulate the acupuncture points and again i didn't know what i was doing but i was just there stimulating his acupuncture points because i was like maybe this will help him like move yeah. his bowels and then uh the next day he was like just flushing out i mean yeah that's great. So it was amazing to just see some of this, you know, work, um, mm. you know, like have an effect on him like that. And then um, as he recovered, you know, he was very weak. His motivate, his, he, he started, you know, coming back online. His brain started coming back online. Started remembering my sister was there. And then, uh, and then his motivation, he was very weak at that time. His motivation to get back to fully functional and standing and walking was because my sister's wedding was coming up in like a couple months. And he was like, I'm going to walk you down that aisle, like one way or another. So he was very determined to go through physical therapy. Um, and yeah, he, he, 
like that man had a, his, his, his main thing is like willpower, you know, like yeah. just strong willpower. Um, and, you know, I'm very proud of him for going through that. And, you know, after he got through that, you know, we obviously made a huge, whole lot of changes to, you know, his health protocols and everything. We did a lot of holistic healing, we did acupuncture, you know, we did a whole bunch of things on him. And so to get him to a point where he's thriving and he's thriving now, which is amazing. Um, so I, I can't, I'm, I'm not, and sometimes people go like, oh, wow, you're really like, you know, the stuff you say, like really resonate. Yeah. You know, screw Western medicine. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not against Western medicine in terms of like emergency medicine and surgery and what they do. I mean, there's a time and place for that for sure. Yeah. But what I want to help educate people on is there's a different healthcare is not the same as sick care. That that's, that's my number one message really for people. So then for you, that kind of drove you into it. Um, obviously you did Cairo. Did you do any other, any other practices before we move out into some different stuff? Did you do anything else? Like I said, besides yeah. Cairo and then, and then, yeah. So during college I went, I did, um, uh, personal training. And when I was personal, when I was doing personal training, uh, I, I really loved it. Actually. I loved helping people. I loved, um, educating people. I love pushing people. Um, just yelling people I like to do burpees was kind of fun too. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I did, I did some nutrition coaching for them too. Cause I was really into nutrition and, um, and, and I did my studies in nutrition as well, along with kinesiology. Um, yeah. And so I did that for a while and it really, I, but I always felt like something was missing. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I could have helped people further. Uh, I felt like there was something else uh, for me out there, but I, w- I wanted to do physical therapy actually in the beginning, but um, you know, that road just didn't sound right, feel right to me. And then one of my professors literally at the last month of school uh, of, of my uh, um, in, in undergrad. said, why don't you check out chiropractic? And I was like, ah, okay, I, I guess. I mean, I already cracked my friend's back. I guess I could do it for money. And uh, so, oh my gosh. I yeah. So I went to I went to the school. I was like, hey, what's the difference between chiropractic and, and PT? And uh, they were like, oh yeah. So in chiropractic, this is our philosophy. You know, um, you know, we D.D. Palmer, the first chiropractor, mm-hmm. he was the one who said that disease and dysfunction are caused from trauma, toxins, and auto-suggestion, or basically thoughts. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, that's a very holistic point of view. And it was like, as a chiropractor, you're a physician. You're a primary care physician who can prescribe and treat uh, or diagnose and, and treat and uh, prescribe you know, different types of testing for them. You can practice nutrition. You can practice functional medicine. Um, so you can do a whole lot. I was like, oh, I didn't, I really didn't, I didn't know. I didn't realize. Yeah, I think a lot of people per- still don't know that. I think you're saying that right now. People are like, yeah. oh, don't you just like work on, you know, like uh, work yeah. on your body, but there's so much of a broader scope. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 I literally thought I was going into chiropractic school to crack people's back to, and to do, um, a technique called ART active release <laughs> yeah. technique. <laughs> ART is awesome. Yeah. Which <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love, I love them. I love like that type of work, you know, but that's what most people think about when they think about chiropractic is that it's just the musculoskeletal work. And I'm here to tell people, I'm like, no, actually there's so much more, um, to it. 
we're going to talk about the more to it now we're going to dive yeah. in. we're going to get into your, your philosophy of intentionally disruptive but i want to get in yeah. and talk a little bit about uh the fungus side of things which is really you know um one of the things i want coaches out there listening to understand more about we have a, a transformation mentorship which is a program we do where we take you know nutritionists trainers and we teach them our stress reduced fat loss system so we're trying to teach them how to do better holistic transformations how to work on the gut how to work on the three big hormones, insulin, cortisol, growth hormone, you know, uh, how to get them to sleep better because then they can get holistic transformations by the body healing first. So the transformations are a side effect to that healing. So I think a lot of them, fungus is a huge part that many coaches don't understand. Mm-hmm. Why are they getting it? Why are my clients getting it? What can be seen if they have it? Mm-hmm. You know, like what are some issues that people can come up with? And then what are some ways to kind of get them past it? Because I would say you can't out-train fungus. Uh, you can't sweat it out. Let me just sweat it out on the cardio machine, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's flourishing. Your weight isn't going to move. Yeah. You know, like, so we'll, let's talk a little bit about, uh, this is one of the million topics that we're going to talk about with you because there's 5 million that I wrote down when I yeah. took out to you. So I'm going to have you back again. But Let's talk, sure. Let's talk a little about that. What's, what is fungus? What is this thing? We're- yeah, absolutely. So for, for a lot of people, they know fungus because they have toe, toe fungus yeah. or they have um, some yeah. sort of like, yeah, chalk itch, right? Ringworm type of thing like that. And so, you know, we're talking about what we're talking about is, is, is that, but a little bit lesser degree where it's a little bit more unknown, right? There's more nuance to it. Right. And even eczema, psoriasis, right? Rashes, skin issues could be a sign of fungus. Um, dry scalp and dandruff, right? Could be a sign of fungus, right? Uh, so you can see the stuff spill over into the skin. And what it really is, is what's on your body in the outside body, right? In the skin is really what's reflective of inside the body, whether it's in your gut, in your organs, right? In our tissues. So fungus is very prevalent, especially in today's world, fungal infections are usually caused by exposure. So exposure to moldy environments, like um, a moldy home, like if somebody like, like right now it's raining, like cats and dogs out here in Southern California. So like, God forbid, like if somebody had a leak and into their home and then the wood gets wet, uh, it's, it's damp in there. They don't get it remediated mold. is going to grow from that. And then later on, like months or years later down the line, like that mold just keeps proliferating and keeps growing and it starts penetrating into different areas. And then it goes into your HVAC system. It goes into your, um, into, into your air that you breathe. And then those spores land in your, on your body and then in your body. And in your body, it's a warm, wet, dark environment, which is where they thrive. And now we begin to see symptoms where people are uh, experiencing this fungal infection because of the inflammation that's happening in your body, because of these toxins that these funguses like release uh, into the bloodstream. Right. So that someone can get, let's say they're like, I got a fungal free environment. You know, like I don't, I'm not getting it in my age back. Is there any other ways that they can kind of like, get fungus to kind of like, I would say grow inside them more. Cause usually totally. we all fungus. You just, it's yeah. under control, right? Totally. So we have exactly. And that's where like, um, terrain theory comes in really handy. 
Um, so there's always this battle between germ theory, where, which is right. I caught it, right. I caught the bug. Yeah. And then there's terrain theory, which is like, no, you have the bug. And these bugs are here to live with us and cooperate with us. But if you poison the body, then these bugs are going to go crazy. So if you poison the body with antibiotics, with poor diet, right? Refined sugars, processed uh, food, processed seed oils, right? Uh, hormone replacement therapies. If you, we, if we poison the body and even emotional toxins too, right? And then these toxins that come inside our bodies, right? And whether we're doing it to ourselves or whether we're getting it exposed from other places, it's going to sicken the system. It's going to weaken our immune system. And then now these bacterias, fungus, parasites, viruses, they're there to help us degrade this toxin, right? But sometimes there's something, there's a concept called pleomorphism. And pleomorphism is basically when, when there's a presence of a toxin, now you have the changing of the morph, right? Metamorphosis of a, uh, of a microbe. So now this fungus that was in your body, that's really like, you know, you guys are just kind of like, you know, hanging out together and doing life together. Right. And you're cooperating together. All of a sudden this guy turns on you because there was a presence of a synthetic toxin there. Now that fungus becomes a toxin, right? It becomes pathogenic because it's trying to degrade the the chemical and it's releasing, it's off-gassing, it's releasing other types of chemical mediators, metabolites that are causing inflammation in the body, you know, and one of them being like histamine, for example, oh, right? Yeah. And so most people will be like, oh, I have, a, I have a high histamine. This is why like I have high histamines and this is why I feel so bad. And I go, what's causing the histamine? You know, it could be a fungal infection. Absolutely. So then, so, so then now knowing that, you know, uh, we know some of the signs and symptoms. When you see someone they have fungal stuff, what would be, or if coaches are listening out there, what would be their first steps and say, okay, what are some steps then to start not killing fungus? Because I never want to say that, but dealing with it. What would be your first kind of steps with that? So, so dealing with fungus, number one is really I change the diet because the diet is most important. So I got three things typically that I do. You got to starve the pathogen, the pathogen, you got to uh, clear it, cleanse it, remove it. And then you got to um, avoid re-exposure, right? And where we get exposure is from our house uh, or our spouse. Um, that's the saying. So like from people, you know, so you, yes, you can transfer it in. They, they did a study where it was like in a 10 second, like French kiss, you pass like 80 million uh, microbes, uh, which is a lot. So, you know, like your, 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 your spouse or your sexual partner or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, like they could be a source of re-exposure. Your house could be a source of re-exposure if you don't I've remediate do that where they go back and forth. We're trying to kill it off. And luckily we're treating both. And I'm like, you know mm -hmm. what, you guys are passing this back and forth. I said, tell your husband, he needs to do a fungal cleanse because yeah. we're doing it. It's coming back every time they have some sort of. I go, did you guys mess around this weekend? Like everything's like out of control again. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. We know your pattern. So yeah. Every it, Thursday night, <laughs> your fungal infections get fucked up. No, no, no. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there's so many symptoms, a lot of common symptoms like fatigue, brain fog, abdominal symptoms, GERD, depression, migraines, and mm. difficulty concentrating, rashes, eczema, asthma, you know, uh, nutrition depletion, chronic pain, 
uh, arthritis, ADHD, thrush, and even vaginal yeast infections, um, inability to lose weight, right? Weight loss and weight, weight, weight gain issues, chemical sensitivities and ringworm and food sensitivities. Those are all symptoms of fungus uh, overgrowth in the body, right? And again, those like- Those are all the things we take pills for. Those are all the things we're like, I oh, yeah, just trying to mitigate other ways. Yeah. There's something underneath. So when you say change diet, give us an example. What would be like, all right, like what would be some things you'd say? I want you to, instead of having this, maybe have this. Let, let's go through a couple points there. We'll yeah. Go. So really to clear fungus, you got to avoid things that have sugar in it, right? And, um, you know, sugar is one of those things. It's so highly addictive, but sweeteners and sugars and corn syrup and all these things you, we really have to get rid of in order for, for you to not feed that fungus, what about um, fruit? A lot of coaches say, what about fruit? Mm -hmm. You know, is, is fruit's a natural sugar. Can I still keep it? Yeah, I would. So I would say here, here's the thing. If I do too many things to remove our body, to shift our bodies out of normal physiology, like to go completely like zero to no carb, um, it's going to be really hard for a person. Mm -hmm. So I would leave, I would have patients and I would go, you can keep fresh fruits in there. And we know that fresh fruits have a lot of compounds in there that help with mitigating. It's not just the sugar component yeah. uh, in there. I think there's a lot of medicinal properties in fruit that is often overlooked. And so, you know, I am, I'm okay with actually people being on fresh fruit. Now, if you start like juicing things and stuff like that, that becomes questionable. But what we yeah. know is not questionable. Like, it's like a for sure no-no are like your high fructose corn syrup, your refined and processed sugar, um, even vinegar, right? Because vinegar is grown from mold, essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, so vinegars, your uh, alcohol, for sure. Alcohol just turns into sugar. Um, what about apple soy cider vinegar? I know someone's going to ask, what about apple cider vinegar? I heard yeah, I would, say, I would say all vinegar. If, you're dealing, yeah. if you really want to get rid of, and again, this is probably about two to three weeks, you know, maybe a month. And it, it's, it's really not that hard. Kombucha. Yeah. It got to get rid of kombucha. Like, you know, people, <laughs> oh it is not, yeah, I'm not a big fan of kombucha for gut mm -hmm. health. Right. Um, it's often sweetened. It's, you know, you got the alcohol component to it sometimes. And it's just, yeah, you, 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 you can drive more yeast issue, way more yeast issue Absolutely. when people are doing kombucha. And I believe that there's a prevalence of uh, these types of issues, SIBO and fungal issues, because people are using a lot of things like probiotics and kombucha and all these things that, yeah. you know, I, I think are not necessary. If you just change your diet and eat a whole food diet, you can change your gut microbiome and have alpha diversity in there, right? We don't need to always just stuff ourselves with a probiotic, I believe. Um, so that's kind of the advice that I typically give people for, uh, to be, you know, and definitely get, and we, for me, I test for food sensitivity. So I always sometimes t take people off of gluten, dairy, um, corn and soy and nightshades, maybe even like take them off of eggs in the, in the moment. If, um, you know, because that's giving them like the, the, the weakening of the gut wall because of the inflammation, the dampness, all that kind of stuff that can happen in the gut. I guess. Correct. Yeah. So the more that we do to inflame the system, the harder it, the, the more of an uphill battle it has. Mm -hmm. So just taking away some of the things that insult the immune system, right, is going to be important because the idea is really we want to help allocate 
enough energy so that there's more, there's enough energy to heal the gut and heal the body. But if it's too busy dealing with, you know, you ate gluten and then you're now inflamed, it's dealing, it's got to deal with that issue. You ate dairy and now you're inflamed and you're all mucusy. It's got to deal with that issue. It's like, we're just, we're just robbing away energy that and robs us from our healing. Help, right? Like I said, if, if you're more mucusy and even more damp, isn't it a great place for fungus to go, Hey, I'm, I'm stronger in a, you can see damp environment, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. You start building what's called like biofilms, which are basically mucus in your body. And these things will, these microbes, these pathogens and heavy metals and toxins go and hide in this mucus. Um, and, you know, it's really hard to fight them at that point. Mm -hmm. So then, okay, so now we got, we're going to starve them. We're going to change, you know, how we're eating. Um, any quick or any different, like, protocol supplement protocols you may use for fungus and then let's let's go over just quickly the suggestion of you said there's a fungal uh diet which is pretty much more whole foods right right it's whole foods it's like what i just said there which okay. is avoiding like the fermented foods um and avoiding sugar for the most part um that's pretty much that's what that's the bread and butter of it um some of the supplements that i use for that are uh or herbs at least are things like i'll just ramble them off here people yeah. may or may not get it but i use a lot of marinda um which is uh the noni um herb i use a lot of neem leaf mm -hmm. um i use uh chinese coptis uh or golden thread which has lots of berberine in it so okay. and then um i use a lot of vidanga which are also good for parasites mm -hmm. um and then I also use sometimes uh, mimosa, mimosa pudica seed, which are also good for parasites, but I find that it can also help clear some fungal issues too for people. And then um, Chinese skullcap, which is a uh, scutellaria. Yeah. So some of those herbs I use a lot to help, you know, treat essentially and get rid of fungus. Oh, and cat's claw. How can I forget about cat's claw? So mm -hmm. Cat's claw is another one. So I use a lot of these herbs in my practice um, to correct some of these issues and help that physiology return back to normal. All right. So that's going to be the clearing portion. Now we're in the clearing portion. And you said, again, finally watching and making sure there's no like, you know, resensitization. So where you're going out and like inflaming yourself again, is that more what we're talking about? Like, yeah, absolutely. So really understand. A lot of coaches will be like, hey, you're done on Thursday. And the client's like, on Friday, and I can have this, right? I can go ahead and have a bottle of wine, you know, some bread and a donut, right? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. It's really changing that lifestyle up, right? And understanding, well, understanding how your food is connected with, you know, your microbes and how that affects your system, how it weakens or strengthens your system. Understanding that, hmm, maybe I have something in my home, right? Whether it's mold or something that I need to remediate and so common, right? Like check your HVAC because people can get an Hermes test. People can run different types of mold tests, right? They're not all super like reliable all the time, but it's still good to run those things because you might pick up something. Um, what I do in the office is I do a lot of muscle testing. So I have people bring in air samples. I have people bring in like cheek swabs and things like that of, of their spouses, of their pets, um, of their home, things like that. And I, I check their bodies against that, check their nervous system against it, along with like the lab testing and things like that, that we do in the office as well too. So we take this like multi, you know, disciplinary, like multi-layered approach to their entire care to figure out, to do the detective work and figure out, Hey, is this 
is what do we need to do? What do we need to change up in your lifestyle so that you can avoid re-exposure? If it's your spouse, well, he needs to go on a cleanse. If it's your dog, well, they, you know, your dog needs to go on a cleanse, right? If it's your house, you need to either move or remediate, get an ozone generator, something right in there. And it's really about like this learning process. So these what symptoms- the ozone generator just quick? Yeah. Yeah. So people can buy an ozone generator. Don't do this yourself if you're not educated on it because it can be, you know, so an ozone generator is you can buy it off like eBay or Amazon or something like that. And what it does is basically kills mold. It kills whatever it can get exposed to, whatever it can um, get its hands on. So sometimes like what happens your fire, you know, the ones that are like ultraviolet lasers and they, and they can shoot. Yeah. All Is it like <laughs> No, no, it, it literally, it, it generates ozone and it emits ozone and ozone gas. We can't breathe like pets, human uh, pets and people and plants cannot breathe it. So uh, otherwise it's toxic for us anyway. So what we do is we put it in the room or put it in a certain area of the house and we run the generator. It's like a, you know, probably like this big and you run it for about a few hours. You come back in, it's turned off. You air out the home. You go back out for an hour after the home's aired out. And then what it does is it kills a lot of the spores, the mold spores and the fungal spores in the home. Um, people use it a lot to also get rid of odor, but what it's doing is just getting rid of these like microbial spores that's in your environment. So that helps a lot with um, decreasing, you know, just the total load that people have on, on their microbes. Ozone generator. Nice. I learned today. I've, I've never heard of that. I've yeah. Like the amazing $4,000 or $500, you know, air purifiers, you can attach it to your thing and it pushes it out. But I like the yeah. ozone, so then ozone, ozone generator. Yeah. Ozone generator is like 50 bucks. <laughs> nice. I like that. That's better. That's better. But um, if someone wants to understand how to use that, is it instructional? Can they just buy it or do they have to hire someone to like do the ozonation process? Or No, it's not. Yeah, I would say, you know, definitely do your research on this first before doing it yourself. And there's there's a lot of material online that people could do. And people um, if, can reach out to you. They can go. Yeah, they can reach out. Calvin, come on. I want to use my ozonator. My, my, <laughs> exactly. I what it's called. But I want to use yeah. this. Pro how, can they reach out to you to ask you that? Because I think a lot yeah. of people on the show is going to be like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to beeline you and do this. So Absolutely. They can. That's awesome. All right. Well, I know we're, we're running out of time here. You got to split. But I want to just go before I go. Number one, I want to say thanks for coming on today. Uh, you and I can talk forever. I told you. Yeah, I for sure. California to hang out. Uh, <laughs> said that we're going to come and hang out a little bit um, because Great. I just love your energy, brother. So I like that. But how do people find you? They said, like, because we're going to have you back on. But in the meantime, if people want to find you, yeah. you got to follow his, his content is amazing. He said stuff on there, you know, the portable thing to warm up your food, like <laughs> all these things that you put on there. Yeah. Th thank you. Um, yeah. People can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, Dr. Calvin Ng NG. Um, uh, people can find me on my website, um, drcalvingcom So I'm, I'm on Facebook too. So people can plug into that. Um, I have a free newsletter that I'll be doing soon. I'll be picking back up again and then going to push more content out about stuff and hopefully get some free content out for people so that they can uh, just dive into it. Cause yeah, there's a lot of misinformation I feel like in the world. So I want to help educate people on um, what's what's really up. And for you, I like it because we talk about this living intentionally is something that I, I really got from from being on your Instagram. 
And um, I resonate with that, you know, like making decisions and choices based on a set of rules and values that you have. And I think that's so important, like decisions on where am I going to eat? What am I going to have in my life? Am I using mm. plastic? Like all these things, what kind of cleaners? I like the other one today, water and vinegar. Clean your house with that. It's simple. <laughs> you know, things that are simple, right? That we yeah. don't do. So uh, uh, if you're looking for more intentional kind of living and solutions to a lot of the problems out there, you have to check out Dr. Calvin. You have to check him out. So. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate no problem, it. No problem. Appreciate you having on there. Um, our, anyone listening out there, students, they said our next Transformation Mentorship cohort, uh, that's coming up real fast. So if you're looking to find better ways to do holistic transformations with your clients, um, maybe have a better business model, understand how to solve more problems, um, or even just feel more confident with the type of people coming in to your, your business. You could be a business owner with trainers. You could be a self-employed. You could be uh, a coach yourself. You know, send us a DM or go to www.transformationmentorship.ca, uh, do a quick application, you know, or hit us up on Instagram, Transformation Mentorship, uh, and apply. You know, maybe the best thing that you do um, to get started. So I guess, uh, Calvin, until next time, man. I said, until next time. Um, thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. No, it was good. Awesome. It was good. So thank you, brother. Appreciate right, it. You have a great day. You too. All right. Take care. All right, I'm really appreciative of you joining me on this episode today. If you're looking to connect more, you can go to Transformation Mentorship on Instagram. And if you love something about the episode, leave a comment and a rating. I would really appreciate that. Otherwise, until next time.